0: Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're looking at Hebrews 11, Colin, which is this catalogue, this gallery of men and women of faith. And I suppose each one of them is worthy of a week's worth of programmes. But we're picking it up at uh, chapter 11, verse 32 Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, the yeah, list well, you see, the, the, the writer <laughs> begins um, right at the beginning with, with God's creation and Cain and Abel, then uh, Enoch and Noah and Abraham. And he's sort of working his way through the history of Israel. And what he's saying is, look, the principle by which God has always operated in relation to his people is by faith. And all these notable people that you read about in your scriptures— in the Hebrew Scriptures, they are all there because they are people of faith. And he gets up as far as Gideon, and he, he sort of realizes, wait a minute, I'm going to write a library if I go on like this. you running out of parchment so, <laughs> yes. so he says, well, what more can I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms. Now, you see, it's all through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, that was Daniel, of course, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. It's all this wonderful catalogue of what God did in response to the faith of his people. Then he, he goes through this catalog of those who really had to suffer horrendous things, uh, even though they were a people of faith. Others were tortured and refused to be released so they might gain a better resurrection. In other words, nothing was going to cause them to deny their faith in God. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sworded in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them, they wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. I mean, this is how some of the prophets, this is how some of the men of God, that men and women of God that he raised up, this is how they were treated by the world that did not believe in him, that in rejecting God, they rejected God those who put their faith in him. Now, this is sometimes the cost of faith. There are people every day, we don't realize it, but there are people every day that are getting martyred for their faith in Jesus. And, um, uh, I mean, that this is a fact. There are people being imprisoned, there are people being tortured to try to get them to renounce their faith in Jesus as the Son of God. Uh, there, there are people that are being Um, literally put to death. But it's more important to hold fast to your faith than to actually seek an easy way out. So there can be a cost to faith. So in verse 39, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Now, of course, the writer here is talking about all these people that suffered in Old Testament times, all the prophets that were mistreated and abused, um, even though they did not receive all the promises of what God was going to do through the Messiah. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. You remember after uh, Jesus was crucified, he went and preached to all the souls that were sort of held in in suspension, really, waiting for the Savior to do his work of salvation so that they could be liberated and set free. So all those who were faithful to God in Old Testament times can inherit with us, the, uh, through faith in Jesus, that which God promises through his Son. But we have a much better inheritance because it doesn't matter... Uh, what situation we're in, we have this eternal inheritance. We have the fullness of life. We have the kingdom of heaven uh, because of our faith and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. So yes, sometimes it may be costly. Yes, some of us may be ridiculed and, and persecuted because of our faith. And yes, some will even be martyred for their faith, but the eternal reward far outweighs the cost. And I, I suppose it's very difficult for us in in a nation like Britain, where people well they can be persecuted for their faith, but not in the way that happens in in other some other countries, and certainly not put to death for their faith. Um, so. It's difficult for us perhaps to understand that these things are going on all the time. And we we perhaps can ask ourselves, well, how would I cope if I was in a situation like that? Would I persevere in the faith? And the answer to that is yes, if a person has the real faith of which we've been talking, this way of life, then God would give them the grace to stand firm and not to yield so that they would not lose the precious gift that they had been given. Because Jesus does say, you know, if you renounce me before men, then I will renounce you before my Father in heaven. But if you confess me before men, then I will confess you before my Father in heaven. And that brings us to perhaps some really well-known verses in chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Now, what what are they witnesses of, all these people? Because a witness is someone who has to see something. Not just believe something, but see something. In a court of law, you can only call a person as a witness of an event if they saw the event, not simply if they heard it secondhand. that's only circumstantial evidence. So you need a witness to be a witness of the events uh, concerned in that case. Now, all of these people had seen the faithfulness of God. And they had seen that in the very practical outworking. Abraham who had his son, Moses who saw the parting of the Red Sea, and Joshua who saw the wolves of Jericho fall down, Daniel who saw the, the mouths of the lions shut, uh, and so on. They all saw what God did in response to their faith. So they are all witnesses to the faithfulness of God, to the power of God, to overcome the natural order of things by his supernatural power. So the writer is saying, because we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders our faith in God. This is what he's saying. And let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles us from walking in that obedience that will lead to... uh, Because the obedience we've seen, when we obey what God says, then he does what he promises that he will do. So let's throw off all the sin that is disobedience and that hinders our walk of obedience in God. And let us run with perseverance. There's that word again. Just like Abraham had to persevere in faith. Just as Jesus talked about persevering in faith and not giving up, then Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Now Jesus came and he lived by faith in the Father. Everything Jesus did, he did by faith and therefore by dependence upon his Father. So let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Now, it wasn't an easy ride for Jesus either, was it? Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down in victory, you see, having overcome even death at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men. I mean, if you think you've been persecuted and abused, And ridiculed. It's nothing compared with what Jesus suffered. So consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and give up. And we must remember that this letter was written in a time of persecution when Christians were being put to death for their faith. And so this whole encouragement. Uh, of of the writer is saying, you know, it doesn't matter the circumstances, you hold fast to your faith in Jesus. Don't renounce him. Don't give up. Just persevere in your faith, no matter what the cost. And then he says in verse four, "'In your struggle against sin, "'you have not yet resisted to the point "'of shedding your blood, "'and you have forgotten that word of encouragement "'that addresses you as sons. "'My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline "'and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, "'because the Lord disciplines those he loves "'and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. "'Endure hardship as discipline.' God is treating you as sons. So, you know, he's, he's saying, look, even when you have to go through the most horrendous difficulties, it's okay, God is your father. And yes, it might seem like discipline. Yes, it might seem really difficult. But you know, God is going to bring you through. God, as you remain faithful to him, is going to remain faithful to his promises to you. And you will receive the reward of your faith that he has promised you.